you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. Yes, we are into the month of June. That means the football season is drawing ever closer, although that was really true in May and in April, too. Really, as soon as the final gun of the Super Bowl ends, you're getting closer perpetually. Hmm, I don't want to get bogged down here, though, debating the space-time continuum. Let's just talk about football, shall we? And maybe some Game of Thrones, maybe NBA, maybe NHL. Who knows? The world's our oyster, seated right next to me to help us kibitz about most of it, because he's not a Game of Thrones viewer. But uh, the rest of it, I think he can ably chime in on. From NFL.com and NFL Network, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm going to have to check out on the cool dad talk. On the uh, Game of Thrones. Cool dad? What, what does that mean? Yeah, That's just, like an just, old man thing to do? Isn't it? No. It's so... Uh, I'm, I don't. I'm over it. I've never... I've Actually, you know what I've done? <laughs> You've never been in it. How can you be over it? You know what I'm actually doing is I'm starting to download The Wire. Well, so I will be one of the few people in the world who will be able to tell you definitively whether The Wire or The Shield is the best cop drama of all time. Yeah, I've never watched The Shield. I don't know about that one. Um... But uh, also joining us in Studio 66 as we continue with our righteous endeavor to name by division the best team. What we're doing is we've already taken care of the NFC East. We took care of the AFC, wait, NFC East, and we did the AFC AFC West. West. And today we're going to address the NFC South. I get confused in my brain, but I have it pretty straight. I just can't say it, but in my brain it's straight, but my words don't work for me sometimes. I'm not, I don't speak uh, well English sometimes. Anyway, here to help us do it, from the Around the League podcast, and of course, Around the League, make sure you look it up at NFL.com. He and the fellas, as always, providing all the information you need up to the minute on pro football, and they do it with a bit of mirth. It's Chris Wessling. What's the poop, fella? Hey, Dave. How I'm are we? I'm a little on the tired side. I was up. Why? I was up late watching about six or seven marathon episodes of another cop drama. Which one? Well, okay, wait. Barnaby wait, Jones. One? Stop it. Justified. Justified ah, is so great. Is it's it? very good. Did I have never spend, seen it before. Are you just in the first season right now? I'm in season number two, and, ah. it, and I'm pretty hooked on it. Justified, it's, eh? I love that show. It's Timothy an Olyphant. FX production. Yeah, all right, yeah. we do have to talk a little NBA and NHL and all that, and I also, I mean, I, I don't think we need to indulge a conversation. Sam Monson, um, uh, whose name you may have become familiar with um, over the last uh, 12 to 24 hours, is a fine writer, and uh, generally, uh, you know, 
pretty insightful, but he claims based on some numbers of uh, Tom Brady's accuracy that he no longer counts as elite, which is not exactly an advanced uh, metric, I don't think. Elite. Is it yet, Wessling? You're you're more familiar with the advanced uh, stats, <laughs> but they haven't actually calculated elite yet, right? I'm not familiar with that metric. I think I'm pretty cool, though. With uh, I, I think I'm pretty good with saying that he still, Tom Brady, counts as elite. Whatever the class, however you categorize what that is, I think he's got to be in there, you right? You can't have that category without him in It's there. ludicrous. I'm not going to indulge that. And thank you for not indulging it. Yes, I, except I to say that. that. I like that I just about don't you. Want, the, the, the debate, well, I say this in response because Tom Brady, no, no, we don't need no. uh, Just Thank you. You just went up a few levels in my It's eye. June. Somebody is uh, as I said saying today. something that's going to get some heat. Good for him that he's gotten it, but we don't need to respond as though it's an actual it's actually worthy of conversation. Well, that's what I was saying. They said he's no longer on the Mount Rushmore of elite quarterbacks. And I said, saying Tom Brady is not elite is now in the Mount Rushmore of internet trolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I like that. Um, we should come up with the other three we internet really, trolling. Uh, you know what? That's the, tr- the, the Mount Rushmore of internet trolling debate. Elite questions. quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right. So let's get into the list here. Shall we? The all NFC South team, and again, just to uh, to remind or, or define, I don't know that we properly have done it. We're not real uh, to some degree. We're looking at past deeds, but also, and probably most importantly, it's going into 2014. You're, we're making a team to try and defeat the other divisions. Who are we going to take here from that? And we'll start off with the most important position, and this one. Feels pretty easy. You want to recap the NFC East and the AFC West here for Chris Wessling real quick? No, Chris Wessling has listened to every second that we've ever done. It's a so- don't you know you that? Do, black- for do you listeners? not know that black tie? Do you know that uh, that that's part of uh, uh, employment? Is that uh, that's required listening for all other podcasters in NFL media? You listen to how Damashek does it, and you go from there because he has mastered the uh, the genre. Now, Davey podcast. After yes, all. that's right. Um, so no, we have uh, the, the probably the most hotly contested one was the NFC East. Wrestling, did we get it right when we put RG three in there going into twenty fourteen? I understand a loss twenty thirteen, but that's an interesting subject. Eli, RG three, Romo, and Nick Foles. Who are you taking going into twenty fourteen? I am taking RG three. And I thought I was in the heavy minority on that issue. Yeah, I did too until I just started going through it and you're trying to make a call here. You have to reject them based on, you know, yeah, if we're going into that season. My biggest concern for him is Jay Gruden, but I think he now has some some really nice a really nice collection of pass catchers and offense overall. I think he should be dynamite this well, year. Well, for me, it's not a knock on Tony Romo. I just think RG3 is locked in as the comeback player of the year. Um, I agree there. Hmm. Actually, the the listeners did not agree. And the no. blog poll says... He came in last, right, in the poll. Yes, the blog poll says 40% to Nick Foles, while Eli, Romo, and RG3 are pretty much neck and neck. See, don't you see, listener? You're just, you're just feeding into that whole thing of the what have you done for me lately kind of mentality that America has. Don't you see? Look at RG3. Remember what he was in 2012, how revolutionary he seemed when you were watching him play. All right, that's in the past, though. And like I say, you can go back and listen to our last two podcasts because on there there's the NFC East and then the AFC West and now... On to the NFC South. This is an interesting one. I'm going to start with you, Rank. Mm-hmm. QB, Breeze, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. I'm going to look at this and already assume that I'm picking Sean Payton to be my coach here, which influences who you want to go with at quarterback. Hmm. So then I will go with Drew Breeze. All right. Wouldn't I mean, that's hard to argue though? against. Breeze, but. If I would have gone Sean Payton and then Cam Newton. <laughs> Set all that up. Oh, I'm going, Cam. Ah, that's enough with talking to Drew. I spend 14, 15 hours with him daily in season. I want to get to know somebody new. Cam Newton. He seems like a nice young guy. But don't you think Sean Payton would do something fun with Cam Newton? Well, maybe I will change my mind. Of course he would. Listen, again, when we talk about RG3, and, and of course this requires that you have a memory that extends past last season, but in his rookie season, RG3, remember the year before that, Cam Newton is the guy who started this 21st century revolution with a new style quarterback. Andrew Luck and RG3 and to some degree Ryan Tannehill. I think the Ryan Tannehill 
draft pick, and maybe even the Christian Ponder was one, was informed by trying to capture the same sort of magic that Carolina did the previous season with um, with Cam Newton. And as good as Steve Smith is and has been over his career, Cam Newton has really not been has not been playing with the same quality that a lot of the other names I just said have. RG3 hasn't really either, although he did have that nice uh, running game behind him from day one with Alfred Morris, but still not really the high-grade pass catchers. I think that Cam Newton is better as much as people love him and as much as he's a big superstar and got the team to the playoffs and the division title last year. I feel like he is an all-pro who still is underrated. Chris Wessling, how say you? Uh, Cam Newton is a lot of things. He's he's actually somewhat reminiscent of Donovan McNabb during his prime, hmm. where he could carry the offense with skill position players who aren't very good, and still has major accuracy issues as a passer. Hmm. Cam Newton is not elite because he's not a great passer in my mind. Uh, Matt Ryan, we talked about what have you done for me lately, was the exact same quarterback last year as he was the year before, but it had no Julio Jones, and Roddy White was a shell of himself all year. Matt Ryan's a top eight quarterback, but the answer here is clearly Drew Brees. Matt Ryan is a top eight QB in the whole NFL in your book. That's not a controversial statement. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. He's clearly a top eight quarterback. I, well, according to the players who vote on the top 100 list, it will be. I highly doubt. I do not know, but I'm pretty sure that Matt Ryan is not going to finish ahead of. It's because his stats weren't good in 2013. That's the what have you done late. He was the same quarterback. If you watch the film, he made the same plays. So you think that Matt Ryan is, I don't I, please don't use that adjective. Whatever word you want to use, though, besides that one. I'm, uh, Matt Ryan, to you, is better than, so Andrew Luck's ahead of that yes. for you. Is he better than RG3? Matt I, Ryan. I would say yes, he is. Is he better than Joe Flacco? No doubt. Is he better than Jay Cutler? No doubt. Better than – give me another one, Black Tire. Matthew Ray. Stafford, Tony Romo, Eli Manning. This all makes sense. Yeah, you're not you – gotta. Matt Ryan is that line. He's almost – I know, he, but Matt Ryan's in that group. He's not in the top five. No, he's not. No, and he's, then Andrew Luck sort of has assumed position number six there in that Phillip conversation. Phil Rivers, seven maybe. Huh. Matt Ryan, eight. Um, all right, so we agree on Drew Brees, and you would prefer – Wes, it's not that important, but we do name a backup at the QB spot. You're going Ryan over Newton. I yes. say fat to that. No way. We I like, if nothing else, the change of pace that Cam Newton gives us. Rank, you agree on that at least, right? Cam Newton for me. Okay. Let's go to the wide receivers then. The biggest names there, and we could go Brandon Cooks because people are talking about him being this. Well, Mike um, Evans, too. Darren, yeah, this Darren Sproles kind of thing. Yeah, and Mike Evans, same sort of thing. People are singing songs already before they've taken a snap. But from the the guys we know, Julio Jones coming back, Roddy White, there's Vincent Jackson of the Bucks. there's Marcus Colston, who to me, I feel like, imagine, again, I don't want to get into the whole Jenga conversation, non-quarterbacks who, if you take them out, the whole team implodes, the Jenga theory of the NFL that I uh, that I advance. Um, if you took Jimmy Graham away from that Saints team, boy, oh boy, Marcus Colston's their number one. To me, I go, I go Julio Jones, Roddy White, Vincent Jackson. I would not put Marcus Colston on there. He's very good, but I feel like he's been living off past reputation for the last couple of years a little bit. He's not consistent. He doesn't show up every game. Maybe that's a, a matter of uh, Jimmy Graham being the number one target instead of him. Anyway, Wes, how say you? Uh, the Saints wide receivers were sneaky bad last year. I think yes. you nailed that one. Jimmy Graham was relied on so heavily because they had to, not because he was overshadowing them, but they needed him. Um, Here's what Drew Brees said, in fact. Black Tie, uh, play that sound for us here. Be honest. No jive, Drew Brees. How easy is it? Do you ever say in the huddle, hey, Jimmy, just go about uh, 20 yards out. I'll just throw it up. They're not going to be able to stop us. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes when you need a play, um, he's definitely a guy who can go do that for you. I mean, the fact of the matter is he's 6'6", 270, and so even if you're standing right next to him, there's no defender that's mm-hmm. that size, at least not one that can run with him. And so, you know, there's a place where you can throw the ball where he can get it and nobody else can. So, Drew Brees agrees with me and you there, uh, Wes. So, all right, go ahead. I go Julio Jones, Vincent Jackson, and then 
Probably Roddy White. I'd be tempted to put Brandon Cooks in the slot, but I don't watch enough college football to say that with authority. Who's going to be the best, Mike Evans? And the other guy we're not uh, kibitzing about here is the Panthers. You figure, I mean, statistically, he should see a ton of uh, ton of balls in uh, 2014 by virtue of there being so few other pass-catching options, the Florida State uh, kid, Calvin Benjamin. They're Good. a run-heavy offense, though. That kind of offsets that. Yeah, true. I guess with Lovey, that's what they will be. Rank, but is if it, it? Yeah, we're not going off straight no, production. You're talking about better receivers. Mike guess, Evans yeah. is better than him. Brandon Cooks is better than him. The only problem with putting Julio Jones on this list is that he's going to be re-injured again. Because what? Yeah, that injury that he sustained is one that's going to be problematic throughout the rest of his career, as said to us by Dr. Nick on NFL Fantasy Live. Hmm. We have a we have a resident doctor who comes on. He would be the he, first doctor in history to be able to correctly predict NFL injuries. No, well, it's it's the type of injury and having the screws placed in. It's more prone to be re It's the same gonna, as the rate of recidivism. You can predict. Oh, this guy. People who who perpetrate that crime have a higher percentage of returns. It's the same thing. It's not it ridiculous. Is. Sure, it's that kind of injury. Tony Romo. I talked to a doctor in New York City who said. Oh, yeah, the type of injury Romo has, that back injury, even though it can appear to be fine and he can be practicing and, you know, taking shots even and everything else. It's weird just uh, how, how fluky and brittle it is and how quickly that we'll, can change. Uh, yeah, when you we'll have see s- if the Falcons doctors agree because Julio Jones is going to break the bank on his new contract. So I would assume that the Falcons are going to be a lot less worried than we are. Well, listen, you can you can be a cynic all you want, but uh, l- the Chargers wrongly Those... let Drew Brees walk away. Or was it, no, the Dolphins. Yeah, well, the Chargers and the Dolphins were spooked by Drew Brees' injury, and, and the Saints were not, and they won. My, that proves I'm, my point. I'm saying, but, there, but it's not ridiculous to say that doctors would get in the ears of decision makers and say, I don't know about this. This injury could be a real problem yeah, going forward. Yeah, my point is it's not so black and white. I well I I'm agreeing with you but I but it's not ludicrous to suggest that people do try to predict those things. They try to, yes. No, I it's agree. not it's not predicting it. And I'm by the way I said Dr. Nick. I'm already thinking of the Simpsons. It's Dr. Neil Gadadra. He talked us through the injury I was and wondering I was like is Dr. His name Nick. really Dr. Nick like the guy on the Simpsons? But yeah, that's me <laughs> getting confused. But he says when you go and you start putting screws into people's foot the whole reason he had the injury last year was because that screw in the foot was a problem, and then they have to keep going in and cleaning that out, and that's just something that's never going to go away. That stuff just doesn't disappear. And, again, the Falcons can pay him a lot of money, but the difference between NFL contracts and Major League Baseball contracts is that NFL contracts are not guaranteed. And there'll be a June, well, there'll be a June 1st cut at some point. Well, they'll let him go because he'll be— You saw Julio Jones play 16 games in 2012 with the same screw in his foot. So it's not like we're predict. You can't predict with any accuracy that he won't play 16 games this year. Okay. Well, when you're talking about a team of elite players here, and if I have a choice between Vincent Jackson and Julio Jones, and I one has a history of injuries, I'm going to go with the other guy. I'll tell uh, you this: I'm underwhelmed though by these. Wouldn't you think when you think of NFC South, you think of all oh, the the, the uh, aerial dynamics and everything? This this isn't the greatest collection. Really? Of pass. With the Panthers? I guess they're more D. Yeah, you're maybe. I just I think when I think Saints, and then you think Falcons slinging it all over the place in that dome. I do wonder though, Matt Ryan, big year for the Falcons, big year for Mike Smith. Big year for everything they got going on down there because they were, you know, they were a play away from going to the Super Bowl two years ago. Then they bottom out just the same way as the Houston Texans do. The difference is the Texans clean house and now they're on to a new era. This is a big one. No Tony Gonzalez. Question about Julio Jones. Roddy White is not a young guy. But they did add what the, everybody has always said they need is to beef up their, uh, their lines. So uh, real quick, Chris Wessling. Are the uh, are the Falcons going to be a playoff threat this year in a very tough NFC South? The way you phrase that question, I'll say yes. A you playoff will. threat, yes. A threat. Rank? A threat? Do you like, yeah. What, what's their record? Guess a record for that. Well, it's, so I, I know it's June. So what? So that's fine. If if some guy can go around and say Tom Brady's no longer elite, we can predict an exact record for the Atlanta Falcons in 2014. Uh... Nine and seven. I'm going eight and eight, something like that. I for was going to say nine and seven. Yeah, and a big factor with that is then how good 
are the Panthers going to be this year? Because if the Panthers are anything close to what they were last year, you can assume the Saints are going to be good. The Bucks should uh, only get better. So that, you know, obviously six games playing those teams like that is going to knock down your record a little bit. All right, next up, tight end. I don't think we really have to talk about this. Jimmy Graham at tight end, right, fellas? Yeah, that's... We can just roll that one over. That's Certainly. a given. Running back, Steven Jackson, D'Angelo Williams... Um, is this the saddest position other than the NFC East cornerbacks? I think nah, pretty... this isn't too bad. Rank, Pierre wanna, Thomas, Doug Martin. you want to go off the ballot here and tell him what our boy Kenny Vaccaro just said? Kyrie Robinson. I know. Rank sing songs about uh, oh, Kyrie Wes Robinson. Is, no, Wes is into him, too. When a He's... guy gets compared to Curtis Martin. That's the thing. Bill I mean, Parcells could... called up uh, mm-hmm. Sean Payton and said, you have the next Curtis Martin on your team. What are you doing? And if you look at their offseason moves, they traded Sproles. Mm-hmm. Told Pierre Thomas, we're shopping you, and you might have to take a pay cut. Don't pick up the fifth-year option on Mark Ingram's contract. They're kind of, without saying it, they're kind of telling us Kyrie Robinson's going to be a big part of our offense. This is the guy. This is the guy. And you know what? They could actually lean on him a lot, too. Interesting math that you just uh, provided there, Um, Wes. I still love Pierre Thomas, and maybe you're right. Pierre Thomas, to me, is in, in an era... In which everybody, when fantasy owners and real football teams both lament the lack of every down backs, and well, it's all you got to do it by committee. I mean, one guy's a pass catcher. They, oh, the other guy's a good hard runner between the tackles guy. Pierre Thomas is all those things to me. He is he is a guy, he is a rare breed of somebody on good teams, too, that you could put in there and you could just leave him on the field all three downs and but, uh, and he would be a very good player for But the for team has known, that has known him the best has never played him all three downs. I know, but maybe that's a matter of Sean Payton overthinking things because he gets... He gets uh, Distracted. I mean, the, uh, by by shiny new things like Mark Ingram. That was, in hindsight, was a complete reach by them. There was no reason after the Super Bowl for them to trade up to get Mark Ingram. That was a that was not a good decision. So that, I just, I don't have to put a lot of faith in in his decision making. If if uh, you know that if that's what he saw fit. Maybe to do that. Pierre Thomas plays so well because he's used in exactly the right roles. All right. Exactly, because they do have Darren Sproles, who was one of the best red zone targets for the last couple of years. Maybe not last season, but the year before. So, you know. All right. Well, now they have uh, yeah Brandon Cooks to play that role. We should at least mention Doug Martin, right? He would be the fan's choice here probably. Now you're right. Now I now you've won so. me over, Black Tie. We can't put Kyrie Robinson in there, can we? He's our number one running back. Well, I'll put D'Angelo Williams in there because he got me a ticket to WrestleMania. Oh. <laughs> There's All no right. one on here. Him and like, Gary Barnes. Doesn't fortune favor the bold? All right, fine. Better to done be ahead and of the done. Robinson, it is. This will be the one where we unearth. Like, yeah, we we talked yeah, we about, talked about it. we talked about yeah. Robinson in the okay. preseason. This is That's right. Why this... we're not just naming an yeah. all-star team this for past teams? You're Kelly right. Moment. All right, you're right. Thank you for turning me around. This is Real bolder quick. than Khalil Mack on the on the uh, AFC. All right, we're we're really rolling the dice here, Kyrie Robinson. And and you know what? With our pass catchers, the running game is going to be important because I'm not, again, well, we do have Jimmy Graham catching passes, so we'll be all right. And as long as Julio Jones, as long as he goes the way Wes expects him to, then now we got a nice passing game. Uh, Wes, real quick, just to deviate, we went to the AFC. uh, We haven't done the AFC West. I'm sorry, we did the AFC West, um, but something you and I were talking about in the newsroom. I want to do a whole series, in fact. Maybe we'll do it on the podcast over these summer months here. Is some We'll call it Undercovered. And uh, it's the stories. All we've heard about since the Super Bowl, or the main things we've heard about, all this stuff about Johnny Football, that's a big one. Geno versus Vic. You know, with the hot button, you know, the, the all-star team that Denver's put together. And there are other stories as a result that get undercovered. Chris Wessling, how say you on Monty Ball? Because I feel that a lot of assumptions have been made about the Denver Broncos. A lot of people here in the summer are already kissing them into the Super Bowl. I feel like, well, doesn't Monty Ball kind of have to be good? Because Peyton Manning, if you watch him, loves checking out of the pass play and handing it off to the running back. And Monty Ball fumbles the ball. And I just don't know that I buy him as a feature back I mean, he, maybe he will prove that. But I'll say you, though, on, on what you saw in his rookie season. I think it depends on if you approach this from a fantasy angle or an NFL angle. Well, Fabiano, that's why I'll turn to rank in a second here, because Fabiano, 
of fantasy fame says that uh, he is a top 10 running back op- or a top 10 draft option in fantasy at least. Well, I think all along, my opinion on this has been this shows the folly of off-season mock drafts. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do in May or June. By August, what if he fumbles the job away? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand how everyone assumes this guy has tons of job security based on John Fox's history. And Monte Ball's history, and Peyton Manning wants a veteran running back he can trust. From an NFL perspective, something tells me, hey, they let Marino go. He could have been signed for peanuts. They want Monte Ball to have the job. If Manning was really concerned about his pass protection, uh, you know what you do else. though. You know but what you've done there. here, Wes. What you've done here now two times in a row. You, re- your response to my question is to cite. What Sean Payton, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you say, well, Sean Payton obviously thinks otherwise. And then you say, well, obviously John Fox and John Elway. So it doesn't make them right, though. It makes them better informed. They're on the inside. But with your eyeballs, what are your what? I don't care what John Elway thinks. What do I, I want to know Monte what Chris Ball? Wessling thinks. I think he's an average NFL starter who's going to produce great numbers because he plays in, in an offense that made no Sean Marino, who is a below average starting running back look like a very good starting running back. Rank, how say you? C.J. Anderson is the guy to look for there because in a, two games last year where Monty Ball fumbled his opportunity, literally, not figuratively, where he fumbled it away against well, the Redskins. figuratively at two. Literally. Both. But both. no, figuratively and literally. Against the Patriots and against the Redskins, they went to C.J. Anderson, gave him a little bit of a chance. And, of course, you know, I still have my Pac-12 bias, so, of course, I'll be a little bit more hyper on C.J. Anderson than maybe most people, Mike Silver notwithstanding. But I really feel he's going to come in and end up playing a huge role in that offense. And anybody who takes Monty Ball in the first round of their fantasy drafts are going to be it's very a major. Morose. It's a major detail for that team because they are in win. I, I agree with you, Wes, that clearly the powers that be think he's going to be good because they're obviously in win-now mode. So I don't think they're kind of like, oh, yeah, running back. We forgot to do something about that. I don't think that's See, where... But, but sometimes it's the second guy that they like. Now everybody assumes that Dre Ellington is going to be this monster running back for the Arizona Cardinals, which Wes of course has said is laughable. I agree. Stephon Taylor, who's sitting there, that's why that's who you, they didn't draft anybody. They signed Tim Cornette out of UNLV and just caught him recently. And now it, to me it just seems Stephon Taylor is going to be the guy who ends up with the majority I think of the carries. What Rang and I are both saying is you can plug any NFL running back into the Broncos offense and they're they're going to produce great fantasy stats. But you have to question the job security. Even if they're banking on Monte Ball, if it's off-season plans mean nothing in the middle of October and November. When it comes to winning a game, they're going to go with who's trusted. And if Manning isn't trusting Monte Ball, they won't hesitate to turn to C.J. Anderson or give Ronnie Hillman another chance. By the way, as a side note, then we'll get back to this. I also think when we AFC East, this Geno versus Vic debate, when people say, well, but what John Idzik wants, because if 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 they don't start Geno, then it's a slap in his face and it uh, calls into question what his uh, decision was to draft Geno back then. I think that uh, I think Rex Ryan and I think John Idzik, whichever way it goes, will kibitz about it and decide this guy gives us the best chance to win i don't think there's going to be any politics in who wins that gig i mean there's I, politics in how it's being played out though like, yeah gee, completely agree Gito to win yes i but I, if but you're right if if Vic thoroughly outplays him they're gonna have to go with yeah them. people the the assumption well the, but they'll go with uh they'll go with gino whether he's better or not because because of politics well no they're not they're not going to intentionally uh, put uh, less than the best out there. Real quick, though, we're assuming that Michael Vick is somewhat the player he used to be about two, three years ago. And uh, for assumption to make, you know, if he stays healthy, you know, he has arm, he still has those legs. But this is a guy who, in the last couple of weeks, I know, Weston, you can attest to this, who comes out and says weird things like, yeah, it sucks to be the number two guy. Like, he's given, I don't understand. At the Super Bowl, Super Bowl week, he came out with a statement that he expects to be, oh, wait a second. Was that with? Was that me? He said that too. Was that on that? Uh, was that on NFL. dot com live? I forget the at the NFL. Super Bowl. NFL. Was he NFL. out there with us? That's where he said he expects to be a starter, right? He does, but then he comes out last couple of weeks and saying, "Hey, it's you know, it's Gino's team. All that." I know. I'm paraphrasing. That means here. that somebody has gotten in his ear. But I, again, I, I totally see where Vic's coming from. I do see that too. But if you're a quarterback in this league who has just not even a quarterback, just someone. In the, an athlete who's competitive, you're not coming out saying those things. Can you imagine any of the other 32 starting quarterbacks coming out in a competition saying those things? They're all going to be like, look at Brian Horry, for example. 
He's saying, oh, I'm the guy right now. Even no. if he- Here's what's going on, Black Tie. Michael Vick wants the American football public to know that this competition is rigged from the start. I that's, agree. That's what he's saying. He's I, saying the Jets told me I have a chance to compete. But here's, then why doesn't but his here's brother Marcus Vick tweet about it? Because that's always the best insight. <laughs> I haven't shut down his Twitter account yet. I totally understand where you're coming from. I just feel like there needs to be some sort of, like, he needs to be a little more adamant in the fact that, yeah, this it's, the game is rigged. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving up just yet. And he just sounds a little bit too submissive so soon. That's, maybe that's he wants. Maybe he wants he's, to win. The, I need better body language from Michael. He's Vick. caught between trying to win. <laughs> he thinks he's the best man for the job, but he also thinks he should play the role of the team leader and mentor. And he's not sure how to go about that. Um, offensive line: New Orleans Saints or Carolina Panthers? I will completely uh, turn this over to you guys because, as usual, I don't. The Panthers' know. offensive line might be the worst unit of any position group in the entire division. Oh well, so black tie. I don't think. Uh, that that one's going to work out for you, though. You wanted the Panthers in there? I just put them in there. I mean, look at the division. You don't want to go with the Falcons? No. The Falcons yeah. are majorly just, upgraded. Oh, they. they just, I mean, yeah, now yeah. they are. But I mean, but I, I think you have to go with the Saints. Okay, Saints rank. You're cool yeah. with that. All right, no let's move on to defense here. Let's pick three linebackers. Luke Keekley will definitely be in there. Who else? What else? Levante David is. Luke Keekley, has to be in there. Luke Keekley, by the way, best linebacker in the league right now. Westland or no? Inside linebacker? Yeah. The rise of inside linebackers. It was a a position deemed not all that important about three years ago, and now there's a a new generation of stars at the position. It's it's a tough question because look at the guys. I would say the four four inside linebackers in the NFL with the best closing speed are Luke Keekley and three guys who won't be on the field in week one. Darrell Washington, Sean Lee, and Navarro Bowman. So, yeah, Keekley gets an edge there. Von Miller, great no, linebacker. I want you to say it. Say what you've said before. What? Ta- if you're talking about uh, inside linebackers with closing speed, I want you to talk about Lawrence Timmons. Lawrence Timmons, Ryan Shazier. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. about that? I love Lawrence Timmons. Lawrence Timmons, yeah, talk about an underrated player. Nobody is aware of that guy. He's not even – I don't even have to bring him up on the top 100 to, to say, like, well, I wonder where, if he'll show up because I know he won't. Why? I wonder why his peers don't uh, have higher No love for uh, Bobby Wagner? Bobby Wagner's great, too. I would, I would put him just a slight notch below those guys. Tom, All right, so Thomas we going Davis here? So, glo- clo- so you want Levante speech. David in there? Levante David should have had Defensive Player of the Year uh, talk about him last year. He was wow. that good. All right, so who? How are we going to round this out there? Rank anybody? We're going to go Keekly, of course. Certainly. Um, I like. I think David's got to be in there. Weatherspoon obviously was injured last season, but you know, he's, and they're he's moving to a three-four defense too. So his role's kind of up in the air. I think Thomas Davis has to be the other guy, but uh, Junior Gallette should get a mention for the Saints. He had about 10, 11 sacks last year. I'm trying to Played think. Played really well I'm, in Rob Bryan's defense. I'm running through the um, the rookies this year. If we're going crazy with throwing rookies in here, then we when we certainly should entertain. And by the way, back to the wide receiver thing, Calvin Benjamin, again, if only because he's the only guy who uh, one of the very few viable targets Cam Newton's going to have has to be productive. And he's big. He's a nice big target. He should put up decent numbers in his rookie season. I think we'll look back and say we should have squeezed him in there, maybe even over Roddy White. But anyway, back to back to this, though. Um, you have three all-pro level linebackers here. Keekley, Thomas Davis, and Levante David. I think this one, this one almost becomes a no-brainer. Okay, our corners, we could pick two, maybe three. Desmond Trufant already we're throwing in there again. I don't know. He was great last year. What about uh, what about Keenan Lewis, Champ Bailey? I mean that's a a uh, I feel like a career achievement award. We don't know what he'll do. Uh, I would say the best one in the division is the one who was signed away from the Titans, Alteron Werner, for the Buccaneers now. Um. That's so Werner. Okay, that's great. Yeah, Werner, are, yeah, that's right. We I think have it would to put come Werner down to Werner, Keenan Lewis, and Desmond Trufant. Two of those three. I mean, Champ Bailey, depending on how you guys see him at this stage of his career. I'm with you. Okay, so we'll go Trufant, Keenan Lewis, and wait, who else? Werner. And uh, Alteron Werner. Okay, that's a good uh, trio. You got that uh, Got that down there, uh, black tie. At safety, now we're cooking here because we got um, – we got Kenny Vaccaro, the aforementioned Kenny Vaccaro. Um, Jairus Bird. We could put Mark Barron back there, Deshaun Goldson. How say you rank? 
I like Vaccaro. Just because what he brought to the Saints last year really solidified that defense. I understand he had an injury at the end of the year, but looking forward, he's going to bounce back from that and be one of the top at his position. Mike Mitchell is now gone from that secondary in Carolina. Um, Yeah, I think you just go with the two Saints safeties, right? Yeah, Uh, definitely. I can't argue with that, yeah. I think Jairus Bird is the second best free safety in the league behind Earl Thomas. Do you anticipate, guys, that this, that 2014, just in the way, just same way, when something works for one team or, you know, actually wins a Super Bowl for one team, I think a lot of people attribute the success uh, of the Seahawks to the overall Legion of Boom and then more specifically Camp Chancellor and Earl Thomas and, uh, and their dominance back there. Do you think that the teams with the great safety play are going to be un- inordinately good this year for some reason? Is it as simple as, well, look at what the Saints just did. They bring in Jairus Bird to go along with a dynamite guy in Kenny Vaccaro in his first season, and the same thing with the 49ers. Is that uh, a fair thing to assume, that uh, that the Saints' defense is going to be powerful because of the addition of Bird? I think they were fourth in the NFL in defense last year already. And then you had Bird. I, I think... Last year, I was underwhelmed by the Saints. I saw troublesome play from the wide receivers, thought they were just okay on defense, and thought that the Panthers were a better team. This year, I think the Saints are head and shoulders above the rest of the division, hmm. and Bird's a big reason why. That defense is going to be even better. I agree with you. That's why I brought it up, was to see if uh, you, if you Brandon fellas agree. Cooks on offense and Bird on defense. I think I they're think- going 13-3. and three. I think they're going to have the best. I don't think they're the best team in the NFC, but based on the way their schedule sets up, I think they're going 13-3. and three. I think they're going to be the number one seed, and just like we talked about last year, that's not a small thing when they are so good in the Superdome compared to how they play on the road. If you put them in the Superdome and as a number one seed, I don't. There's no game, including the Seahawks or anyone else that's going down there that's uh, that you would assume is going to beat them. Rank, how say you? I agree. You agree on the Saints being there's no, potent. yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah, I feel those two. The Saints are going to run away with it. Tampa Bay is going to be in the mix for the wild card. Atlanta will hang around for a little bit too, but the Saints are going to be running away with this. Um, the Panthers take a step back. I think they go first to worst. Yes. Do you really? Absolutely. Fall all the way back. That happens the all the time. The offensive line always... is a major issue. The wide receivers are a big question mark. And the, and the defensive secondary probably got worse, too. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what uh, – I, I don't think as of the time of this recording, we don't know what's going to happen with Greg Hardy, right? He got into some uh, legal stuff, into some felonious uh, charges and, and uh, but accusations. But isn't that weird, though, as you know, a team with – a young team with a young quarterback on the rise. You have Cam, you have Keekly. They had a great season last year. They don't build on that. Isn't that like – It happens like every it, year in the NFL. Sh- There's always is, at least one team that, that rises up, that makes team? the playoffs, and then crash back like it was just a big uh, season-long mirage. They it, couldn't build on it because of the salary cap situation that Dave Gettleman was left in when he got there. He still has two running backs making way too much money. And the, the craziest signing of all was that you have D'Angelo Williams for $50 million or whatever. You have Jonathan Stewart making similar bank. And then they go out and they sign Mike Tolbert. I was a, <laughs> I can't, I can't, at my head spins and then that they camp, were so good last year with that uh, being hamstrung by those insane deals. Yeah, And they still have Cam to, you know, running up the middle when they're going to close numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Strange. Let's go D-line here. We'll just uh, blanket statement here. And uh, who's the best defensive line? Hard to argue with the Panthers, right, Rank? D-line, straight up. No other as factors a, a putting unit, in yep. there. Yeah, we t- we chose uh, – we, we went with three linebackers. So we have to have a a front four here. With this, um, my given Tampa Bay, there should be a lot credit? of nice. No, I was gonna. I was. That's funny. I was just gonna say, Tampa has the pieces, the highly pedigreed guys who haven't exactly delivered collectively, but they do have a lot of high round picks haven't filling you, out that line. There. Haven't you always said that the biggest problem with the Buccaneers wasn't the starters; it was the depth. But if we're just going with the starters. Tampa Bay. That's a, that's a, that's not my opinion. I wouldn't presume to say to talk about the depth of them, but uh, Derek Brooks, who obviously does keep his eye on the Buccaneers, the Hall of Fame linebacker, that's exactly what he said. He said 1 through 22, this is a very talented team. He said the problem is that when anybody goes down, they're de- they're just doomed because they have nothing behind them. How say you, Wes? I think the answer is the Panthers. The Bucks do have Michael Johnson and Gerald McCoy, but they don't have much after that. Clint McDonald was pretty good for the Seahawks last year, more of a role player. 
Panthers have two guys who were rookies last year in Kwan Short and Star Latule who are very good on the inside, and then the edge rushers of Hardy and Charles Johnson. It's hard to beat that. What a dominant defensive line. I'm glad you, you shouted them out one by one there to, to point out that this is a, uh, a five-star. Yeah, Star could have actually been a top-five pick, but he had a pre, pre-combine concerns about his heart, and so he falls to the Panthers, and they got a steal. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on the Falcons here, though. I think they might have the most improved offensive and defensive lines in the league. They signed Paul Sulei, one of the few true nose tackles. It looks like they are moving to a 3-4 base defense. Tyson Jackson on run defense. And how do you pronounce this guy's name, Rank? Rashidi Hageman? Seems that, yeah. So they picked him Is up it in Rashidi? Second. I think it's Rashid Hageman. Yeah, they picked him up. They, they're a much bigger, physical, brawnier team now. Um, and we decided that Sean Payton is our coach. Definitely not Mike Smith. I feel, like I say, if I they... I there would be between Sean Payton and Lovey. I, you know, yeah, we'll see with the... I would, with Take Lovey, Sean Payton but. definitely over Lovey. I, I like Lovey oh, Smith. No, the, the, those are the two top ones. We have it listed here, Sean Payton or Riverboat Ron. Can you imagine if you're on Tampa Bay right now after – and, you know, we've met uh, we've met their former coach once or twice in here. But what a delight. Um, but uh, what, a, what a pleasure it must be to go from a, you know, a hard-nosed disciplinarian kind of vibe to, like, going into camp like this. Like, imagine if you're out in the Buccaneers right now, like, Lovey said, oh, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's, he's cool. He's I'm not, not I'm sure he's pushing him hard and everything. But the the go with a guy who's like much more player friendly and everything must be the greatest. That's transition. It's like when you go from second grade to third grade and I, you have the mean teacher in second uh, grade. You're like, I have a better. Oh, I got. Oh, I got uh, Mrs. McKee in third grade. Oh, uh, she's the nicest. Great. Better analogy. When you. When you break up with a girl or she breaks up with you, your next girlfriend has to be almost the exact opposite. <laughs> it's like true. the Vikings go from Leslie Frazier to Mike Zimmer. They go from <laughs> Leslie Frazier, who was, I mean, what inspiration is he giving off yeah. to Zimmer, who's, you know, bluster personified? <laughs> <laughs> you always have to, like, your last girlfriend, you're like, I, I can't deal with this in a girl anymore. I have to look for the opposite. Um, all right. Well, I, I'm guessing we're not getting Keenan Allen calling in here today. We don't know yet, Black Tie. But uh, Wessling, thanks for jumping in again. Chris Wessling, follow him on Twitter. Always insightful stuff there. At Chris Wessling and Around the League and the Around the League podcast. We might. I really do. I know we're into summertime now, Wes. Talk about it with your pals, Hanzoos and Sessler and Rosenthal. I want to have a competition, a podcast v. podcast competition that like lasts the, all summer long the really rottens let's go yes exactly like that like the laugh olympics <laughs> the laugh i want to go out and what let's do a thing we'll play golf we'll do free throws we'll do eating competitions just nine holes though i agree we have to play cornhole the problem with golf is i i retired from cornhole i retired some what? time ago yeah i retired because i only i never played it and a lot of people are into it i've noticed um, now, when I was in college in the Midwest, they didn't play cornhole. It wasn't everywhere. But now I've gone back to tailgate, and everybody's always doing it. And I, and I didn't know it, so I didn't want to jump into people's games. But I went to a, a Buffalo Bills game uh, two years, two seasons ago, and I was walking through the parking lot, and I said, well, let me give it a shot. I picked one up. I didn't bring, I, I didn't. I slowed down, but I didn't come to a complete stop. I said, just give me the beanbag. I did it. Swish, and I said, "That's it. I retire. I'm never doing it again." Now, I could come out of retirement for that, though. I'd be willing to to, mer- but no, it, it would have to be for something. Well, I don't see it improving. I'm going to need cornhole to balance out if you decide connect four. No, I retired from four. I don't play oh, comp- really? competitive right. four anymore. What do you still compete in? What are we going to be allowed to play? Free throws. Free throws. I'll do free throws. You with are you. that guy. Yeah, that's right. Like anytime you see anybody athletic walking into the gym to play pickup, you got to just scamper to the free throw line. And be like, <laughs> no, I'm good. And then you're useless for the rest. You're great because you'll make the shot to be able to play. You'll be one of the ten guys, mm-hmm. and then you're awful. Yes, you're just not a good. Yes. You're like great. This <laughs> that's is exactly right. That's that why. Is. That's the worst thing you can do is choose teams with free throws. All right, Wes, you can run if uh, if if you've got to run real quick though, fellas. Let's get picks for the two finals coming up here. Now we got uh, our final set though, Kings and the Rangers. One thing I'll say is in 1995, on the heels of the great 
Edmonton Oiler teams, the high-flying Gretzky-Messier collective, that then led into the high-flying Pittsburgh Penguins with Lemieux and Yager and all those guys. Then that led to the New York Rangers, which brought the spotlight on uh, on the sport because the Rangers obviously playing in MSG and all that. It couldn't have been at a higher place at that point with all these stars in the game and everything else. And then the New Jersey Devils destroyed it all with their clutching grab talent-free brand of puck that, of course, like in all sports, everybody at the copycat, and it literally, and I am using literally correctly, almost destroyed the game, almost destroyed the NHL because it came, became so snoozy, it became dreadful to look at, and only now is it starting to emerge, which leads me to this. May, I, you know, I even before the Hawks and Kings had settled uh, Game 7, I felt this. May the whole NHL take note. That was delightful, wide open, not wide open, but at least more open than what we typically have seen over the last decade. May this be the start of something new, not unlike going from Greg Schiano to uh, Lovey Smith. May this be a brighter, more relaxed atmosphere where everything isn't always clutch and grab and who can put the most bodies in front of the cage. It's not that. It's a beautiful game when it's opened up. The Hawks and Kings showed that. I certainly think that the King should win, except for King Henrik. King Henry might get in the way of that because he is the best in the game, but I still got to think Kings because the, the, you know, just top to bottom, the, the Rangers are merely so-so. Rank, I'll say you're, you're a Kings guy, so obviously you don't, uh, you're not going to pick against them. I don't of think. course I'm going to go with the Kings, but one of the biggest reasons for their success is they were just able to camp somebody right in front of Crawford the whole time. You saw it on the winning goal. That I hate. That's series. what I hated. That's that is what I hated was the winning goal. I hate for it to end on something like that. Goes off the goes off the defenseman's sweater into the goal. It's eh, great. I wish it were a beautiful. Did you not goal. see the goals that the Blackhawks were scoring I, in Game Seven? They weren't great, but hitting the, but, knuckleballs. Yeah, basically. I mean, pucks just literally turning, making a left turn just for some reason. I will say Dowdy and Kopitar and you know Williams and. And for that matter, um, Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Patrick this Kane, is, best U.S. player right now? Um, uh, You know, listen, I got uh, no small amount of, of tweets from Hawks and otherwise fans saying, you sure Crosby, you, you think Crosby's better than Kane? You know, listen, at this point in Crosby's career, I, you know, I – I'm willing to admit people always say I'm biased I'm I'm a homer perhaps I am but I am also able to discern the difference between what I want and what I think and it's clear I mean Crosby has not in the spring stepped up with big time goals and I mean Kane does it consistently too it's not like it's he he, he has scored some big goals he does it every spring now he mm-hmm. scores massive goals for that team so yeah he's a a terrific sniper not that they're apples to apples comparison kind of players but still he's he's uh awfully clutch he scores those big goals for uh for that team but uh yeah i go kings in that one i would almost no i don't want to get into that well let's let's talk uh real because i don't think black tie has a a vote on who's going to win the stanley cup but who's going to win the nba title here black tie uh i gotta go i got spurs in five in five. Do. Wow, that's bold. There is a caveat, though. There is a chance. I know that... what it's going to be, Tony Parker, right? Well, not really. That's I think the factor. Be, I think, yeah, that is a factor. But I think he's going to be ready to go. He's had enough rest. But I do think, since the Heat do have the two best players in the series, I do think that if both those guys absolutely go off, like absolutely have, you know, average 60 points per, all that good stuff, I do who think do the Heat, has a chance. Who, who do you think the Heat uh, have that's better than the greatest power forward of all time. Oh. I know Tim Duncan in 2014 isn't at Yeah, I mean, prime, I mean currently but. right now, currently right now, they have the two best players in the series, especially if Wade is what he looks, plays like what he did like in the Pacers series, so close to that. They still have the two best players in the series. So um, I do agree Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time, but if LeBron and Wade are out of their minds, then there's a chance. It's a slight chance, though, because the Spurs play them really well defensively. They know how to collapse on them. LeBron and Wade and our guys just pull up for shots and pull up for Jays, which Durant does pretty well. So they collapse the middle pretty pretty good on both those guys. So I do think the Spurs win in a, in a close series, though, but I do think it's a five- to six-game series at most. Um, I, yeah, I think it's uh, it's imperative that uh, LeBron and uh, and 
Dwayne Wade rebound their positions. And I think for the Spurs, if Tony Parker can do what he has done, I mean, it's it's sort of under the radar a little bit because Tim Duncan is the way Popovich with the silly interviews and his great uh, his great uh, overall team strategy. And Ginobili makes some big buckets along the way. But the thing you could take Tim Duncan off the floor, and I think Craig Popovich would continue to win games. Same thing with Ginobili. I think the the key, even though they win against uh, OKC in Game 6 without Tony Parker on the floor in the second half. Tony Parker's the irreplaceable piece for them. He gets in the lane. He's one of those guys, sort of like Russell Westbrook. He gets in the lane whenever he wants to. There is no stopping him from doing that. And from that, they become an offensive competition with the Heat, who can run a lot of teams out of the gym. The quick way to look at it is the Spurs are a better team than they were last year. Miami is not as good a team as they were at this time last year. And I wonder, though, when you get that sort of thing, it's 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 a little bit like this. You know, it's funny to wrap it all up where we started this podcast, Game of Thrones. You watched the most recent episode. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We finally saw the uh, the trial by combat. And you're speaking awfully definitively, Black Tie, about what you think is going to happen after what you said. You said, well, the Red Viper's going to win. The Red Viper's obviously going to win. He's going to beat the mountain. I said the same thing, too, and I thought it. But it was a good reminder. Just as Inigo Montoya in um, Princess Bride, he, he, he burned for 20 years with the desire to finally get the, the six-fingered man who killed his father. You murdered, I am Inigo Montoya. You murdered my father. Prepare to die. Same thing with the Red Viper in the, against the mountain in Game of Thrones. Like, you raped my sister. You killed my nephews. You admit it now. I want to hear you say it before I kill you. I wonder, are the Spurs going to wind up more Inigo Montoya or Red Viper are they going to be burned up by their own desire for revenge, or will it drive them to get over the hump this time around? That's the real question for this NBA Finals. Um, I think it's going to be the Spurs. I like the Spurs. I think I, I still, as good a coach as Eric Spolster has proven himself to be, I still think Popovich is the best. I'll go with that. Plus, you know, there's a sense of justice. But one more thing about justice. If you're a fan I think all of us on this podcast right now, we talk a lot. We hail the guys that seem like fun. We like A.J. Hawk because he's a fun guy. You know, we we like Terrence Newman and Ryan Clark, anybody who makes the sport more fun to follow. And you got to tip your hat to uh, to LeBron and company. They have a lot of pressure on them like anybody else does. But they haven't, been, they haven't collectively become like Kobe Bryant with a sour puss on and everything. They still laugh it up, and they're a good time. There's a, a vote for them is a vote for a better, more fun future. Again, same way with the Seattle Seahawks. Wait, you are know, you saying that... The Seahawks t- are fun. They, they, they shoot their mouth off. They joke around. They're allowed to be personalities. What do you like better in sports? Do you like Bill Belichick? Say, don't say anything to the media ever, ever, ever. Or do you like the way the Seahawks do it? Same thing. I think it's fun the way LeBron and company laugh it up and are always ja- are always joking around and photo bombing and so on and so forth. You don't like that? You don't think Tim Duncan's fun? <laughs> he looks like he's a riot. I also, one thing too, is Popovich, are we, I I go back and forth on this myself. Is he a fun guy or is he a jerk? Or I guess he could be both. I don't, I. He's a fun guy. I don't know he's, if I like he's, that. He's it, a Belichick type fun guy. What if it was you? Like, what if that was you though? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be laughing if he did that to you, if you were the sideline reporter. <laughs> That's your question. That's stupid. Next. Like, what are we doing here? You're required by the league to answer my question. But that's, what is well, this that, game you're playing? But at that point, that's when you got to throw it back at him. You I know, do. you go, by, that was your halftime adjustment? What do you got now? Like, it would all be in the wording. Like, I would, ah. I would start putting it on Popovich. Who's like, the really? sideline reporter for ABC for the finals? I'm not sure. Make sure you deliver that. That's a great it idea. It might be Doris Burke. Because that's what Hit she should do. Hit Doris Burke up. Like, really? She like, should be like, so, so uh, you guys were winning like five minutes ago. What happened? Just turn it on Popovich. I love that. Just, yeah, contentious. Or just give monosyllabic questions. Just yeah. S-U-P. Sup. Yeah. Talk about it. So? That's, that's up, go, back, go, back, go back to the talk about it. Or just S-O. Hey, the so? third quarter. Talk about it. <laughs> what gives? Yeah, what did, maybe that's the way to what go. What gives? What gives with this game plan? You guys, you guys realize LeBron James is pretty good, right? 
He just scored 20 points in the third quarter. A great way to do it. Ask Did him. you guys not know that you, you had a game know? tonight? Yeah. <laughs> was this a surprise to you? Did, so, did you get a text alert on your mobile phone? It's like, oh, wait, Take that, tonight. Popovich. That would be great. I love that idea, Barely right? listens to him while he's giving answers, you know, post a tweet, take a selfie. That's Excellent. what I, yeah. yeah. I would be, yeah, I'd be looking at my phone. Be yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. whatever he just said. <laughs> Back um, to you guys. So, um, all right, so we'll wrap it up there. And, uh, you know, another reminder after what happened to in the, in the, you know, in the trial by combat on Game of Thrones, I've decided now after thinking about it, don't even waste your breath asking me to be your champion. I'm not going to do it. I don't, don't, I, I don't want to do it. I'm sorry. I saw some things there that made me realize it wouldn't be a good move. I mean, because if, if I lose... Some terrible things might happen to me. Is it like Bloodsport? It's worse than Bloodsport. Bloodsport has the greatest fight ever, or sec- second greatest fight ever, when uh, Tong Po and Van Dam they dip their gl- they dip their knuckles in glue, then they put those same knuckles into shards of glass, and then they fight with it. That's a, that's a losing proposition, even for the guy delivering the blow. I don't think that works out for you if you have glass glued to your knuckles. Even if you hit the guy, it probably hurts you as well, that's is my why, guess. That's, that shows like how badly you want to win. I guess so. You're willing to hurt yourself to hurt your opponent even worse. Well, just watch uh, Game of Thrones, the last episode, if you haven't seen it. If you're into uh, you know the, grotesqueries, you'll enjoy this. Are they, are they veering far off the books? I have no idea. I don't want to know about the books, like Andy Greenwald that, of Grantland says... Good for you. I'm, you know. And by the way, no, 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 no. Congratulations if you've read the book. I don't. You don't have to email me or tweet me if I tweet like, "Whoa, wonder what's going to happen in the trial by combat." You don't have to tweet me. I know. In the books, this is what. Well, I, I mean, obviously. Well, then don't tweet about it. You're obviously trying to do spoiler alert. You're 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 literally not figuratively trying to spoil it for a person. Be like, hey, look at me. I I I'm I had not no, trying I to. No, I'm, I, I'm interacting with people about I had, it. I had nothing to do on Sunday. So no. No, it's a popular TV show, and I'm interacting with people about what I just well, saw. Then the, this the need that like it's books. not the same conversation, but it's a different conversation. No, if somebody says in the books, this is what happens. I, I, but I'm not talking about the books, so I don't want you to email me and t- or tweet me and say, "Oh, go get one. Here's what's going to happen." I don't need to know that. I'm, I'm obviously you. watching the show as it unfolds on TV, which is great. Like, but don't you want to know? Not really. I'm not one of those I think people. That's, that's going to be my. Th- I'm going to go read the books. <laughs> Real quick, and just start dropping Game of Thrones spoilers. Um, all right. So, I also like the people who get so upset about like, oh my god, why are you guys spoiling this on Twitter? You're like, you know, you don't have to go on Twitter if you know I, you haven't seen the show. Like, if you're taping a game or anything, like I will do the weird thing and just turn the phone off. I, you know what? That's a funny. Uh, that's interesting. I, I was reminded of you know in Braveheart when uh, when the English guards they like they have the right when you get married. They they can take prima note, you know. They can they, they can have your woman for her first or her first married night. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought of I realized I was sitting there. I'm like I'm watching this game seven of the Stanley Cup uh, Conference Finals, but their Game of Thrones people like Black Tie. In fact, I saw Black Tie's tweet was the first one. He said. Game of Thrones, I can't, I can't, is what it said. Something like that, without any specifics. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, here comes, that's the first drip, and here comes the the tidal wave wave of of all the spoiler alerts. And I thought, like, well, what what am I to do? I'm I'm, I'm tweeting about the game. but And I realized, oh, no, I'm just going to take tweet-a-note. Tweet, uh, I'm turning it all off. That's it. I shut it all down. That's my right. I don't have to stay there. I made a point to watch it on the East Coast HBO feed because of just that. If not, I would have stayed off social media until I saw it because there's no chance, absolutely no chance people wouldn't spoil it. That happened, Mm -hmm. yeah, that happened to me on Monday night. I was halfway through Raw and I turned it off and I knew something was going to happen. Would not go back onto social media until after I had watched what I had taped because I had to go do a fundraiser with the uh, nieces and nephews when I came back. And then luckily I did. And when I got back, spoiler alert, I had all these things spoiling what had happened on the show. Like, Oh my God, can you believe this happened? You're like, well, thanks for sending it. Although I was tweeting about it beforehand. So it seemed like it was a, but you're right. The main thing, just, just shut it down. Shut that's, it down. that's how you avoid all the trouble. That's what I did. Um, all right. So you learned anything today. Shut it down. So no, let's shut this down. Not the yeah. not the show. No, keep that. Going. So we have um, listen to it again. So we didn't get Keenan Allen today. He ne- he didn't call in, but we do have tentatively for 
Our next show this week, we have Jordan Cameron. We do, of the Browns, and we'll be doing the AFC North All-Division team. That's Perfect. on Thursday? That is on Thursday. But I'm not going to be here? What? My man, Jordan Cameron. Your I man, might Jordan or, Cameron, yeah. I might or might not be here. All I know right. that's cryptic, but... We'll get uh, Cameron Jordan in. Be on the lookout, too, for the World Cup. The, uh, the, the, the episode that Dave Damashek football program really earns its name. It's going to be a World Cup podcast. It's yeah, gonna buddy. Be a, Either going to be a part of a podcast or its own little podcast. It's coming soon. Excellent. Um, all right. So uh, with all that said, thanks to Chris Wessling and uh, and Rank and Black Tie. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.